Turn to uh, Matthew chapter 3. We've been talking about temperature. I don't know if this is the last one of temperature or not. I, I, I will see. I hesitate to say that sometimes because I'll say, oh yeah, this is the last one. And then we go for six more. So uh, we're, we're good with that though. It's, it's a good thing. I wasn't even planning on this being a series. I was just preaching one, one message. And then all of a sudden it turns into a series. One of the things that we've talked about, we talked about why it's important to be hot for God and how the Lord commands it. And then we talked about how that happens, how it's a part of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit and, and uh, the baptism of fire. We talked about a good bit today, talked about the importance of that heat and giving ourselves over to the Lord. But in order to, to walk in, in the hot things of God, to be, uh, like we said this morning, fanatical for the things of God, uh, I found that many times you need to have an encounter with God. And I'm not just talking about just the salvation experience. I'm talking about there needs to be an encounter with God. There needs to be a time where God touches you. Um, I found, I found that, uh, you know, and I'm going to cover both of these in a sense today, that sometimes there's an encounter that God gives to people simply because they're a part of his plan. Uh, their family is walking in the things of God. Um, there's, Nicole and I were talking the other day, there is in the kingdom a sense of spiritual royalty. But the beauty of it, this is what I want to tell you. In other words, uh, there's, there's an encounter with God that can be passed down simply because you were born into that family. You know, there's just, think about this, the importance of family, like with uh, King David. You know, Jesus couldn't have been who Jesus was if it wouldn't have been for the heart of David. You understand that? That he came from the lineage of David. He passed down through that family. That's what Chris and I, you and I were talking about that the other night. The importance of that spiritual lineage and that royal lineage that can be passed down. And you'll see sometimes where, where even anointings are passed from you know, a parent to a child. And, and they carry that. They just carry something different because that parent was in the will of God and fulfilling it. But then you also have people like, I would, I'll tell you about me personally. I, I can't, I have great father and mother and they're born again, but I can't say that I came from great spiritual stock. I mean, I thought it was when I was little, I thought it was awesome. But then when I grow up and I find out that God's doing a lot bigger things than what I saw my parents and grandparents doing in the kingdom of God. But what I found was this, is that God's not a respecter of persons. What he respects is hunger and humility and faith. And one of the things that we'll talk about is, is that if we hunger and thirst after the things of God, the right things of God, the righteousness of God, we shall be filled. And so somebody can step them their into the royalty of God. And truly, if you're born again, you are already of royal blood. You are kings and priests. The question is, do you know it? Yeah. See, when I started going after God, you know, there was nobody doing the things that I'm doing on a regular basis in my past and in my family. I just believed God that I was somebody that he loved. And I said, Lord, I'll do those things. 
And you step into them and you have faith. And I can remember praying for people before I'd ever seen any healing. And I just said, I believe that those that believe will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And I prayed many times and they did not recover. But then I, I prayed and somebody did recover. Yeah. The other day when Paul and I were driving back from Florida, we went through Chiral and I, I pointed out, uh, we didn't go right by it, but I said on this road right over there, uh, it was one of the first series, first messages I ever preached on the ABCs of healing. And there was a child, I didn't know it, but the little girl was having seizures all the time. You remember this at, at Chiral? And uh, she was having seizures and we prayed and the seizures stopped. You know, and, and that was not because I came from, from some super awesome spiritual lineage. I never even met most of the people that I've met today. It was just, I mean, I had a good dad. He taught me that all things are possible in God, but he had his shortcomings. I definitely had my shortcomings. I just said, but you know what, Lord, I'm hungry. Yeah. I'm hungry. Well, you're a pastor. It doesn't matter. It's to every believer. Yeah. It's to every believer. God wants to empower us. He wants us to raise the temperature of our lives and step into these things. Amen. But we need an encounter with God. Met somebody at the restaurant a while ago who uh, is in his friends with a man that I never met actually till this year, David Hogan. But that man changed my life through a series of tapes called Faith to Raise the Dead. Because the first time I saw it, you know, I had this hunger for God. I had this belief that God could do these great things and yet nobody's doing them. Where is this? Where's the God of Elijah? I felt like Elijah when he, when he smoked waters looking for that same power. But the only thing was I hadn't been even seeing the Elijah stuff happen. I'm like, where is the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob? And eventually it came down to this, that God said, you be that person. Yeah. You be that person. I don't care where you came from. It doesn't matter what side of the tracks. What matters is that you have Jesus. Because when you got him, you got everything. And the question is, will you accept him for who he is? Step into your rights as a son or a daughter of the king. Yes. You have a spiritual lineage and royalty, no matter where you came from physically. Matter of fact, it's stronger than where you came from. He, you were born, you may be in this world, you were born poor, but in him you're made rich. Maybe in this world you were born sick, but in him you are healed. Maybe in this world your family has been captive for generations, but in him you are set free. You have a new heritage, a new lineage in Christ. Talks all about it in uh, Ephesians chapter 1. Talks about your, your inheritance and your heritage. And all over the Bible for that matter. You are somebody simply because you accepted Jesus. And if you haven't accepted Jesus and you don't feel like somebody, you can be somebody right now today as soon as you accept him. It's just a matter of walking in him and, and opening up your heart for the Lord to turn you into his great masterpiece. We need an encounter with God to walk in the fire of God. We need an encounter with God.
I want to read to you first about the encounter that Jesus had. This is in Matthew chapter 3. It says, Now in those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, change your way of thinking. Something has changed here. In other words, it's been going this way for a long time. Change your thinking because it's going this way now. Right? Change. He says, for this is the one referred to by Isaiah the prophet when he said, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make ready the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. Now John himself had a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist. And his food was locust and wild honey. I would say uh, this is a call that we all need to have happen in our own lives as well. That where we say we make ready the way of the Lord in our hearts and in our lives, in our workplaces, in our homes. Now, parents, make ready the way of the Lord in your children's heart. That means that you give yourself over to the move of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit so that your child doesn't have to be raised up sitting in the back seat of all these things, but they can now sit. You want to boost your children up in the lineage. You want to boost them so that they can step right into what maybe took you 10, 20 years. I'm watching our girls now operate in things that took us years to get to. I'm watching people move into places that took us 15 years. Some of y'all are doing it in three. Praise God. Glory to God. I'm not sad that you didn't have to pay as big of a price. I'm happy. That means we're doing some things right. I want to see you blow past us in the power and the lineage and, the, and your inheritance. But it takes us, it takes us making some choices like that if that we talked about. It takes us making some choices to make the path of the Lord clear and straight in our lives. Even now, you know, at, at 14 and 15 and 16, you're already deciding now where you want to be 10 and 20 and 30 years from now. You're setting the path now by being here in services like this. You're preparing the path that's going to make your life easy because you sought first the kingdom and his righteousness. And then he starts adding these things to you that you would have never had had your parents not had you in services like this. And your choices that you make, they're going to make life easy for the youth. They're going to make life easier than it would have been. You'll walk right through. The devil won't know what to do with you. He won't know what to do with you. Verse 4, now John himself had a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist and his food was locust and wild honey. Then Jerusalem was going out to him in all Judea and all the district around Jordan and they were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they confessed their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming out for baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? And now listen to this. Therefore, bear fruit in keeping with repentance, in keeping with the change. Bear fruit. We've been talking about in this whole series, bearing fruit, producing fruit. 
John's saying the time has come to bear fruit. I would say in this year, in 2017, in the body of Boomerang, in Albemarle, Stanley County of North Carolina of the United States, God's saying something to this place. Bear fruit. Be soul winners. Put your flesh down. Prepare yourself for every good work. Don't make excuses for it. Don't leave yourselves options to do anything else. Bear fruit. And do not suppose, do not suppose that you can say to yourselves, uh, we go to church. We go to a good church. What they, what they were supposing they could say was even stronger. We have Abraham as our father. Well, we have Jesus. Don't think that that's going to be good enough. To please the Father in your works. In other words, it's not that your works save you, but your works prove what you really believe. Yeah. You're giving of yourself over. You know, therefore, he says, don't suppose that you can say to yourself, we have Abraham for our father. For I say to you that from these stones, God is able to raise up children to Abraham. In other words, see, we always have a choice. <laughs> people think that God won't use somebody else if you have a plan for your life but you keep waiting around, waiting around, waiting around making excuses for it and you think that other people won't step in yeah. do you think let me ask you this do you think that I was the first person that was called to Albemarle to fulfill this vision? No. I don't matter of fact I feel pretty confident I'm not the first person Probably not the second or third or fourth either. I was just willing to stand up and see it through. I believe there were others in front of me. God will move on with his plan with or without you. We make the choice to be in his plan or not. And at some point we keep making excuses to not change us. He's got to use somebody else to accomplish his plan. We can't keep leaving those options open. He says, look, well, we have Abraham as our father. He's like, that's no big deal. He'll turn these stones into children of God. That's who he is. He's, he's about his business, not yours, not ours. We got to get on his train, not get God on ours. Amen. We got to get on his Some corrective messages today brought to you by Pastor Brian Wright. And the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> he says this, not just, not just will he replace. He says this, the axe is already laid at the root of the trees. <laughs> he's like, in other words, is the guy, he's like, hmm, let me measure up here. It's already there. Measuring the cut. He's saying, it's time to get serious now. Yeah. I mean, all it takes is one backswing, whoop, you're out of the plan. Yeah. I mean, he'll still have mercy on you as much as he can on you and wants to. But you don't play around with the plan of God. Stop making excuses. Put your flesh down and be who God's called you to be. Get on fire. Get hot. Get cold. But get awful lukewarm. 
Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. What's the fruit that we've been talking about the whole time? Souls. We need to be soul winners. We need to have testimonies. And when I call for testimonies, every hand ought to be raised almost every single week Amen. from new souls that were born again. We just heard a testimony. I believe it was Bishop uh, David Oyadepo's church in Nigeria. I think that's it. I'm not positive, but it's a church in Nigeria. Basically, in order to retain membership, you have to win at least one person per year and make them a disciple in the church or you lose your membership. They said, because what good is a person that's not producing? What good is a tree that has no fruit? And won't they be known by their fruit? And I was like, ooh. How do you think America would, would enjoy some things like that? But you see, that's why when they're just sitting there preaching, healing starts dropping in the services. Yeah. Boom, boom, miracle. Legs start growing out, stuff like that. Why? Because they're serious about this. They're not just checking a box. The axe is already laid at the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. As for me, I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, and I am not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean, clear his threshing floor, and he will gather his wheat into the barn, and he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. In other words, he burns the trash. He takes the trash out in our lives. We need to allow him to take the trash out in our minds and in our hearts and in our thinking and in our actions. We need to allow him to clean up that flesh. In other words, we need to hand our flesh over to him and say, Lord, this is yours. Let me, let me crucify that flesh today. Let me crucify its thoughts. Let me put down those thoughts of the flesh. Verse 13, then Jesus arrived from Galilee at the Jordan, coming to John to be baptized by, by him. But John tried to prevent him saying, I have need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it at this time, for in this way it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he permitted him. After being baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were open. You know, we were talking in Frontline's prayer this morning at 9. We were talking about the prayer and how it needs to be connected to our hearts. Or was that in the service? It was one or the other. Anyway, we... We're talking about it needs to be connected. Well, if you lead, read the same account over in Luke, I think it's 321. It says, coming up out of the water, Jesus prayed and the heavens were open. You see, it's, it's the prayer of saints. It's the, it's the actions of ambassadors on the earth that they become the salt and the light, the preserving factor. It's Jesus did these things as an example. He had to do this the same way that you and I do it, or else he's not the substitute that he says he was. He has to take the same things, the same tools, the same things that we had and apply them. He showed us how to do it right. 
He comes up out. He prays. He prays for the heavens to be open. See, this world needs some believers that have put down the flesh. They moved into all righteousness. They moved out of unrighteousness. They've crucified the flesh. They know what they're there for. And they know how to open the heavens so that the presence of God can then come down on this earth. And bring the power of God. They, they need to know how to move in the things of God. So that encounters with God can happen. What happens next? The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit descends like a dove. And it lights itself. And he is filled with the Holy Spirit. He has an encounter with God. He moves into the wilderness. He fulfills that call out there. That fellowship with God Almighty. He comes right out of there. And he starts doing the works. The miracles. And signs and wonders start following. It, come, it came from an encounter with God. Right up after he came up out of the water. After being baptized. Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold the heavens were opened. And he saw the spirit of God descending as a dove. And lighting on him. And behold a voice out of the heavens said. This is my beloved son. In whom I am well pleased. In Exodus chapter 3. Uh, uh, we were listening to Dr. Rodney talk about this. And he said, he said in Exodus, uh, basically Moses, he tries to go about being the Savior for Israel without an encounter. He had a calling, but he had no encounter. He had no fire there. He had no power of God. And he tried to go about it. And all of a sudden, he moved out there and he killed the Egyptian. And then the people basically laughed at him and he went and he fled and for 40 years he's out in the wilderness because he tried to do what he was called to do before he had the power. I can remember when I was already called to preach. I was called to preach and then the church that we were at, it was shutting down. The pastors were moving and people said, well, you should just take over the church. And my flesh, my flesh was saying, yes, yes, I want to do that. I want to do that. But I had nothing there from no word from the Lord to say, yes, do this at this time. Best decision I ever made. I needed the encounter with God. I needed the power of God to be in operation. I needed the word of God to be there so that I could walk those things out. I didn't have that. See, Moses tried to do the same thing and, and he tried to move in. We can have callings, but if we don't have the presence, if we don't have the encounter, if we don't have the fire overflowing in us, we're going to fall on our face. We need the presence of God. And in order to move into the heat and the fire and the presence and the encounter with God, we need hunger and we need humility. So he goes out into the desert and he's there for 40 years. And then all of a sudden he, he looks up on the mountain and there's a bush not being consumed. And he goes up there and, and it's the I am that I am meets him. He has an encounter. And then he goes and he sets all the captives free. You see in Acts chapter 9 where Paul is decimating the church. And the enemy of God, he, he's doing it to Jesus himself. He's killing them. He, he's beating on them. And then all of a sudden he has an encounter with Jesus who says, why are you doing this to me? 
That should tell you something. Because Jesus took the things that Paul was doing to the Christians and to the believers. He took it personally. He said, if you're doing it to them, you're doing it to me. That means Jesus sees you and him as one. Just like he said. He sees you as one. In other words, here's the thing. Is Jesus sick right now? No. no. Then are you? No. no. Anything else is just a symptom. See, we got to see who we are. We got to know. We need the encounter with him on such a revelation, a revelatory basis that we start to see. See, he's not in lack. He's not sick. He's not bound. He's not broke, busted, and disgusted. He's free. And if he is, then so are you. But we have to reach out to him and receive it. We have to say, all right, Lord, I see who you are and I receive those things. He appears to Paul. Paul has an encounter with God. And then all of a sudden he, he's, he's moved by the Holy Spirit. He, Jesus tells him where to go and then the Holy Spirit comes. He brings him that freedom. And now Paul starts going and preaching everywhere and he becomes Apostle Paul that wrote you know, most of the New Testament. And he becomes this guy from an encounter. This fire of God, this temperature of God, this heat of God. You need an encounter with him. Turn to uh, 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. You know, the, the apostle John, he has the revelation of Jesus Christ. The last book in the New Testament, last book in the Bible. He has an encounter with Jesus said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. He has an encounter with Jesus. And then he writes the revelation that we're still receiving revelation from today. It came from an encounter. Here, here the, the John is saying this and he's talking about the apostles. Think about everything that the apostles did. Think about the things that they did. What they started. You know, it, it, and here's the thing, as strong as the apostles were, I mean, they walked with Jesus, right? They walked with Jesus. They went on. They, they, you remember, we saw demons leave people by, by the power of your name. And Jesus said, that's awesome. I saw Satan fall like lightning. In other words, he's under your feet. He's under your feet. I mean, they, they did these things before Jesus ascended. And then afterwards they did these great things. But even them, see, here's what Jesus said. He said, look, stay in Jerusalem. You may have a calling right now. I've got great things planned from you. But you need an encounter. And it's coming at Pentecost. It's coming when the Holy Spirit falls. It's coming, but you need the encounter. And see, today, all of us, God has plans for us. They're great to have a great future and a hope. But we need to be walking in a continuous encounter, the presence of God. But we need to be hungry to have that beginning moment, if you've never had it before, to have an encounter with him. And then we need to encounter him daily. And I'm not just... 
just talking about a normal, hey, Jesus, how you doing? I'm talking about the power of God pouring out. He does need to be that real to you, but it needs to be something where the power of God, you need to long for him to touch you. And he says this, uh, I think it's in Luke 11, I, it, when he says, look, if you ask for the Holy Spirit, God's not going to allow that to be counterfeit. He's not going to allow some demon to come in there and counterfeit that mess. He says, which of you, you know, your kid asked uh, you know, for, a, for an egg and I, I, they, you'd give them a stone? None of you would do that. Therefore, when you ask for the Holy Spirit, when you ask for that encounter, he's going to give you just that. These apostles, I love this statement right here. He, he says this, and this is not just for pastors. This is for everyone. He says, 1 John 1, 1. What was from the beginning, what we have heard and what we have seen with our eyes and what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life, concerning Jesus, not just something in our brains or in our spirit. He's talking about tangible things. He's saying what we have experienced. Would you agree with me? This is the context. This is not something that's way far off in la la land. This is the real deal. What we touched, what we did, what we saw. He says, and the life was manifested and we have seen and testify and proclaim to you the internal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. What we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you also, so that you too may have fellowship with us. In other words, you too can have the encounter. He said, we, the apostles, we had an encounter. We saw him. We touched him. We saw the signs. We saw the miracles. We saw, we encountered Jesus. We encountered the Holy Spirit. And he says, I'm telling you these things now so that you also can fellowship, not just with the apostles, but you can fellowship with Jesus and fellowship with the Holy Holy Spirit and have a, an encounter, not just one in la la land, not just one made up in your brain. No, something that is an experience, a real physical and spiritual encounter with God Amen. that you may have fellowship with us. And indeed our fellowship, here's the fellowship that we're describing with the father and with his son, Jesus Christ. These things we write so that our joy may be made complete. You know, you can look at all those stories and say, wow, oh, those are the heroes of the Bible. But what are those stories in there if they're not to encourage you to have the same thing? Matter of fact, that's exactly what we just wrote, that they wrote to every believer at this, at this church, that they wrote there for the people that would read it to say, you can have an encounter with God like yeah. we did. You can walk in the same fellowship with the Father and Son, just like we did. That's exactly the context of what it's saying there. You can have the encounter with God. So what's stopping us? It's just us. It's there. It's been there for 2,000 years. Matter of fact, 
as I've searched for the things of God and looked for people who are walking in the normal of God, here's what I've found. The th two things that we need in order to have an encounter is hunger and humility. That's why you hear me saying it. Hunger and humility. The only thing holding us back is our own lack of hunger or humility. We can be hungry, but not humble. We can be humble, but not hungry. We need to have both. We need hunger and humility that allows God to go in there to mold us into his masterpiece, to turn us into his craftsmanship so that the plans and purposes that God has for us can come through and come to pass. The future can come through. The plan that he has, the good things that he has for each and every one of us. We need hunger and humility. So you may come from good spiritual stock. You may be of some huge spiritual lineage. You know, when we first started, started seeking after the Lord, I mean, I knew my dad and I thought he was awesome. But come to find out, there's, there was a lot of guys operating in that kind of stuff. But to me, that was just the beginning. I'm looking for somebody who walks in this thing all the time, who, who really sees heaven on earth. That's the way Jesus told us to pray. Why aren't we seeing it? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's no sickness there. There's no disease. There's no lack. There's full provision. There's restoration. There's deliverance. There's protection. In the shadow of the Almighty. Where is this on this earth? Well, it happens in foreign countries. If it can't happen here, then it's not true at all. It either happens there or it happens, if it happens there, it happens everywhere. Because the promise is never said it's only going to happen in Africa. Right. No, it's a promise to all who believe. Amen. Where's this power? Where's this reality? Where's this love of God manifested? And I started saying, where is this? You start going after, you start finding men like David Hogan was one who really, you know, set me on fire. Find gentlemen like uh, Pastor Tracy Harris and, and Dr. Rodney Howard Brown. And, and I've, I've met those guys and, and I've had them lay hands on me. And they're walking in this type of power on a regular basis. You got gentlemen like, like uh, uh, Bishop David Oyodepo in Nigeria and E.A. Adeboye. These are guys that are walking in things that most of us mess with our heads. But it's the real deal of God. A lot of people will look and say, well, they're just nuts. They're just crazy. They're just walking in the supernatural normal of God. Right. It's happening today in this earth. The only reason why you haven't heard about it, you've heard of some of it because I've talked about it. But the only reason why we haven't heard about it is because we haven't been hungry enough to seek for it. That's right. And to search it out and humbled ourselves to say, I, hey, well, it's not happening to me. It must not be true. That's a lack of humility. Uh, humility says... Man, I read about this stuff. All things with God are possible to him who believes. Lord, help my unbelief. Let me humble myself to the point where we start seeing these all possible things being possible, happening. That takes humility. You start looking for it, you start finding it. You start finding people. To do. This is the thing that you start to see time and time and time again. You know, Dr. Richard Moore was here a few weeks ago and he talked about it. If you watch the Connection Show episodes, it's awesome because all we talked about the whole time was the hunger of God. 
He said, Dr. Rodney, I need a touch of God. I need an encounter with God. And he said, get hungry. Dr. Rodney told Dr. Richard, get hungry. And he said, I am hungry. Dr. Rodney said, get hungrier. That is not what you want to hear when you're already trying to be hungry. But you have to realize, see, humility then has to step in and say, you mean I'm not hungry enough yet? That means I'm eating on something else besides the things of God. I'm putting in stuff that doesn't need to be there spiritually. And it is fulfilling my desire, but it's not fulfilling my destiny. I need to change my desire to meet my destiny. I need to get hungry and I need to humble myself to those things. And you start finding that these men and women that are walking in these things, they have one thing in common. They're hungry for God. And that hunger drives the humility, or they're humble, and that humility drives the hunger. But when they get them both together, God meets that person, and there's an encounter. He makes us this promise in Matthew 5, 6. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, who hunger and thirst after the right things of God. In King James it says, they shall be filled. See, it doesn't matter if you come from some great spiritual lineage. All God's doing is he's looking the scripture that I quoted this morning. The eyes of the Lord run to and uh, fro throughout the whole earth. Looking for someone whose heart is pure, perfect towards him. Whose heart is mature. Whose heart is hungry. Whose heart is humble. So that God can show himself strong on their behalf. He's just looking for somebody whose heart is hungry for him. Who's desiring him. Do you believe that you can meet those qualifications? Do you believe that even if you don't have the hunger now, that you can do some things to produce hunger within yourself? And as soon as you turn on that hunger, then God will meet you? I believe that for each and every one of you. I believe that. And oh, do I want to see it. I want to see it for myself. I've seen more recently than I've ever seen in my life, but I know that we're just beginning. I want more. I'm hungrier. Are you hungry? And are you hungrier? I want to go after him. Well, we're already, you know, I look at just who's here tonight and I see, a, you know, the core of who we are. You're hungry. You're here tonight. You're, you're here at this service. You're, you're wanting the things of God. And I see, well, look, we, we've had a couple of miracles. We've had, you know, two, over $240,000 worth of debt erased this year. Uh, we've won close to 200 commitments to Christ already this year. Uh, we've seen healing. We've seen deliverance. We've seen the Spirit be filled. We've seen supernatural increase and provision come in. I mean, look at the building for goodness sake. It's awesome. God's done great stuff. I would say all we've seen is pocket change. This is just pocket change. We just decided to up our draw on the allowance. But here's the thing. We got a daddy who's got deep, deep pockets in every spiritual area. And when we learn that there's more allowance to be had, then all of a sudden we get hungry. We're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, used to, you know, a tooth by the tooth fair is like 25 cents. Man, inflation these days. All of a sudden, kids have figured out 25 cents ain't that much. I don't, you know, don't tell him. 
See, we need to figure out that with God, he doesn't, he's not moved by any of that. Spiritually speaking, he has a depth of riches that you will never plumb the depths of while you're on this earth. It goes far beyond everything that you can ask or think. We're barely scratching the surface. We barely hit pocket change. What's actually available to us? I've told you as far as 20-year goals, my 20-year goal uh, for this church is that anything that happens in this county or in this city, that they're basically going to have to say, well, if you want anything done, you're going to have to go through somebody at Boomerang. Because we carry the power and the authority for the great things to happen in this area. We're the salt and the light and people see it and they know it. It's a part of the 20 year goal. I don't think it'll take that long. But basically people are going to have to say there's going to be somebody at that place that's going to have to okay it. And here's the thing. Their prayers over there and they trust God and they're, they're weird like that. But when they say something, it happens. Yeah. But then not only that, but we're not just, I'm not believing God for just a little bit. I'm believing in 20 years that we have helped influence, not just in this area and in this church, but all around the world, that 20 million people will commit themselves Amen. to Christ in 20 years. That's a huge goal. Amen. But it's not that big. It's just scratching the surface. It's just, God's just looking for somebody that will believe him. Somebody that he can show himself strong on their behalf. Somebody who's willing to get their flesh out of the way so that the temperature can rise in their life. Amen. And they can be hot for God. Jeremiah 29, 11. For the know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for calamity to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Verse 13, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. You want an encounter with God? It starts with seeking him with all of your heart, hungering for him with all of your heart. Daniel eleven thirty two. The second part of it, I'm just going to show you a way of God. This is one of the ways that God works. He says, but the people who know their God, they know who they're dealing with. They know his love. They know his strength. They know what he's capable of. But why? Because they've hungered after him and because they've humbled themselves before him. The people that know their God, that are intimate with God. They've been in the presence of God. They've had an encounter with him. Will display strength and take action. It says it this way in the King James and the Amplified. But the people who know their God, who've had an encounter with him, shall prove themselves strong and shall stand firm and do exploits for God. Where are the people doing exploits for God? You don't see it because many people don't know him because many people haven't had an encounter with him because they haven't hungered after him and they haven't humbled themselves after him because the world is comfortable and lukewarmness has surrounded us and lulled us to sleep 
and make us think if we win one soul a year, we're doing good. Make us think that if we get one or two or three healings a year, we're doing all right. Make us think if we're paying our bills, then we're doing okay. Who's to say, just from a financial standpoint, who's to say that you don't believe God for triple what you make now and you live on what you're already making and you give the other two parts to the kingdom? Why is that not available? It is available. But see, people aren't thinking of outside of the box. They're, they're letting the world tell them where the limit is. They, they've allowed the world to put the cap on God. And they're not willing to hunger after him to go up there and see if the ceiling actually exists. We, but see, a humility and a hunger We'll start pushing on that lid, finding out where the holes are and finding where the things of God can go. They're way beyond what we've seen and what we've heard. They're beyond what you can ask or think. This is a part of our inheritance. This is a part of who we are. It's time to turn the temperature up, to have an encounter with God. Amen. Right now, I just, I just want us to... Just stand up and let's just worship the Lord. And just ask the Lord, Lord, I want to have an encounter with you. Lord, I want to, I want to hunger after you. I want to thirst after you. Maybe you need to fast. Maybe you need to, to, to hunger after him. You need to go after him in ways that you've never done before. But we need that encounter. We need something real. We need a heat that comes from the Holy Ghost. 